wetlands, not surprisingly, based on the name, are, are systems that are characterized by the presence of water. They're not fully aquatic or fully marine. They still have some terrestrial components, but they are terrestrial ecosystems that are flooded or saturated for, for periods of the year. And that presence of water makes them fairly unique in terms of their soil chemistry and also fairly unique in the vegetation that can survive there. I think historically, you know, society has really viewed wetlands as things that we want to take off of the landscape. They're sort of these dismal places that we want to get rid of and replace with something that we, we see as more valuable. Uh, in California, that looks like something like 75% of the salt marshes in Southern California no longer exist. They've been taken off the landscape since uh, European settlement. And if you look statewide at all the different types of wetlands in California, it's estimated that 90% of the wetlands that were here prior to European settlement no longer exist in the landscape. Uh, so a pretty fundamental change in, in what California looks like by removing these, these wetlands. And when we take them off the landscape, we lose all of the really great things that they do. We lose you know, water purification, we lose habitat, we lose storm protection on the coast. And I think what's happened is that we've realized that we lose those services and realizes that these are not wastelands and, and we sort of have shifted our perspective to really value the wetlands that we have left. And there's a lot of energy right now being put into trying to put wetlands back on the landscape through restoration efforts. Yeah, so blue carbon is this idea that coastal wetland systems like salt marshes and mangroves and seagrasses are really very effective at storing carbon in their vegetation and storing carbon in their soils. Uh, they do this by taking carbon dioxide, which is a greenhouse gas, out of the atmosphere through the process of photosynthesis. But then those, uh, the plants that are formed by photosynthesis die and, and only partially decay. And they only partially decay because wetlands are wet uh, and a variety of other biological reasons, reasons. But what it means is that that organic carbon ends up in the soil. And the organic carbon can stay in the soil for thousands or even tens of thousands of years. Uh, and these blue carbon ecosystems, these coastal ecosystems, are 10 to 100 times better at doing this, 10 to 100 times better at storing carbon than even the luscious tropical rainforest. I'm really lucky to work with an amazing group of undergraduates at Chapman University where we are looking at some of these blue carbon questions. And we sort of have two lines of research right now that we're excited about. The first is looking at how much carbon is actually stored in the soil. Can we predict how quickly carbon is likely to be accumulated in wetlands following restoration? What are some of the biological characteristics of a salt marsh that tell you something about how much carbon that soil is likely to store? The other question that we're looking at is the role that greenhouse gases play in carbon cycling in wetland ecosystems. Uh, in addition to storing carbon in their soils, wetlands can also release potent greenhouse gases like methane and nitrous oxide into the atmosphere. And we really don't have a good understanding of the controls of those processes in a variety of coastal salt marshes. I think there is some potential there. It, I mean, that is sort of carbonate chemistry is, is a tricky business, uh, which is what ultimately controls the pH of, of ocean water. But I think there is some, some, there are some, I think, intriguing hints that coastal salt marshes can do a good job of sort of helping to neutralize uh, some coastal environments and sort of help reduce some of that acidity and, and change the dynamic that makes it more favorable for shellfish formation and coral formation, perhaps.